This podcast contains graphic content and adult language. Listener discretion is advised. Hey guys, it's Kayla. It's Katie. And you're listening to Murder, Mayhem, and Merlot. for you today is a local one to katie and i this story does not have a resolution yet it is ongoing and still very much active to be honest guys i can't wrap this case up in a nice little bow i'm going to give you the facts as i know them with the information that is out there but really there's still a lot we don't know Mm -hmm. what i do know is that sean williams is a wanted fugitive And it is of the utmost importance that his name and his face get out there to the public. I know we're just a small podcast, but the more people that are talking about this, the better. I want to add one thing before I get started. Everyone is innocent until proven guilty. That is how our justice system works. You'll hear me use the word allegedly a lot. And that's because Sean Williams has not had his day in court for what he is accused of. Mm But hopefully he will soon. I know there are a lot of victims and a lot of feelings surrounding this case, and I want to be as respectful as possible when talking about it. So with that said, buckle up, guys. This one is definitely a roller coaster. Click. I'm buckled. (laughs) (laughs) It was around 2 a.m. on April 29th, 2023, when Western Carolina University police officer Charles Gooden was patrolling a small Riverside Park that was off-campus that the university owned. Mm -hmm. That particular area didn't see a lot of traffic, especially in the middle of the night. So, of course, when the officer noticed a car park sitting by itself, he went to investigate. This is when he found Sean Williams inside the vehicle, and he seemed to be asleep. Officer Gooden found enough evidence to conduct a search of Sean Williams' vehicle. Now, I'm not sure what that evidence was, like what the probable cause was. I couldn't find any of that. Um, I will say that Chief Steve Lillard told WJHL News Channel 11 that the officer was able to get sufficient information to where he could move forward with doing the search. Mm -hmm. Upon the search of the vehicle, 354 grams of powder cocaine and 411 grams of methamphetamine was found in Williams' car. That's a lot. I, when I read that, I was like, damn. <laughs> we we had a whole separate conversation about that after you read that. You were like, hey, listen to this shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically three-fourths of a pound of cocaine and nearly a pound of methamphetamine. That's a lot of freaking drugs. That's a lot of drugs. So, needless to say, Sean was booked into Jackson County Jail on seven drug counts, including two counts each for... Trafficking methamphetamine and trafficking cocaine. Mm -hmm. 
and he had a bond set for $1 million. They searched Sean's apartment where they found thumb drives and other digital devices that were allegedly Sean's. They were expecting to find drug-related evidence on these drives. Instead, they found video and images of Sean allegedly sexually assaulting or raping at least 52 women. All of these assaults seemed to occur while the female victims were unconscious. The devices also show evidence of aggravated rape of a child, sexual exploitation of a minor, and unlawful photography in violation of privacy. 5,000 images of child pornography was also found. That's... Yeah, I was speechless. I I just imagine the shock on investigators' faces when they go in there completely thinking this is going to be a drug-related thing, and then they find that. Right. All of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Mm -hmm. you'd be like, what have we stumbled on? Well, who is this guy? Yeah. These crimes seem to have taken place in William's apartment at 200 East Main Street in Johnson City, Tennessee, that he had recently sold. They look into Sean further and soon learn that Sean was a wanted man in Tennessee. Sean was wanted on ammunition charges. So we're going to get into now Sean's life in Johnson City, Tennessee. Mm -hmm. And for reference, I just want to let y'all know when I said it was a local case to Katie and I, Johnson City is literally like 15 minutes up the road. Mm-hmm. Um, we live in a tri-city area, which consists of Kingsport, Johnson City, and Bristol in northeast Tennessee. When If, if anything happens around here in that in, in that area, we always say, you know, it's like, oh, it's local. Like, it's literally yeah. just a hop, skip away. Yeah. I work in Johnson City, so. Yeah. <laughs> in 2020, Sean Williams lived in that apartment mm-hmm. in Johnson City, and he also operated a concrete and glass finishing and restoration business. Mm-hmm. Sean also owned a garage in downtown Johnson City where he was known to throw parties and that's also like where he held his sports cars and some of his belongings. In that same year, on September 19th, a woman by the name of Michaela Evans survived a fall from Sean's fifth floor apartment. Michaela doesn't remember much of the events from that night. Once Sean and a friend started walking her up to his apartment, everything goes blank for Michaela. We don't know for sure all of the events that led Michaela to fall out of Sean's fifth-story apartment, and you can draw your own conclusions from Michaela's story. We actually interviewed Michaela for this episode, and she was gracious enough to tell her story. All right. Well, we want to thank you for coming and talking with us. My episode is on Sean Williams. I'm going to be talking about him and all of everything he's accused of. So I appreciate you telling your story. It means a lot and you're very brave for doing so. Um, so I just kind of want to start with what led to you meeting Sean and on that day. Okay. And thank you for the opportunity to speak yeah. to you. Um, well, we were at Wonderland and I left there to go collect my friend Albert. And what's Wonderland? A bar. Okay. Well, a bar and grill. Okay. In Johnson City? Uh, yes, in downtown. Okay. Like, right next to where he lived. Okay. And I walked down Tipton Street to Buffalo, where my friend was standing outside of his garage, and there were strobe lights, and the girl swinging. I was like, well, that looks fine. I heard a voice from inside say, come on in. And I looked at my friend, and I just got a weary feeling. I said, no. I said, let's go back to the, where everybody else is. 
And uh, he was like, no, no, it'll be okay. Let's just go in for just a few minutes and then we'll go back to where everybody is, blah, blah, blah. So we went in and we were there maybe approximately 10, 15 minutes. And I remember like five or 10 and then everything else is a blur. But I mean, the trauma that I endured, I mean, I it's, they told me I probably would never remember. So. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times our brain, when we've been through a traumatic event, it protects itself and we don't remember a lot of it. So that makes a whole lot of sense. So when you met Sean, um, kind of what happened? Did What did he say when he talked to you? I told him that uh, the swings looked fun and he told me he would push me and he put his hands on my bare shoulders three times and swung me in a circle three times and then I felt a little woozy and told him to stop me mm-hmm. i went to collect myself by like standing there but still sitting on the swing and then he disappeared into the side office uh maybe one to two minutes and then come back and then supposedly i don't remember anything after this but supposedly we had a conversation he pointed upwards and then i went and said something to my friend albert and all three of us went to his apartment and you Heard that from police, right? Yes, police the reports. Detective, uh, they watched the video. And you looked up and you were talking. He said he was, he assumed that we were talking about his part. And then I went and talked to Albert and we left. Okay. And you don't remember drinking anything like at there that like, he, he didn't me, offer you a drink? Um, the detective watched the surveillance and I didn't uh, drink, eat, or smoke anything while I was in that garage other than him touching me. The only thing that happened was he put his hands on me. It makes you wonder, like for me, if he had something on his hands uh, to make you I didn't, drug, I drug laws. I didn't think that at first, but girl, I do now. Yeah. I do. Yeah. Because yes. there's stuff you can. And what's funny is, is if you listen to Bert's story, is I was fumbling over my feet walking down the road while mm-hmm. I got off the elevator. I seemed to be walking pretty fine, but they told me. Or he said that you wasn't much for one to be walking in high heels. And what's funny about that is I made a comment to one of my friends last night and she was like, that's funny. She said, girl, every time I've ever seen you, you got on a pair of high heels. She mm-hmm. said, I said, and I can dance with one foot in my hand. She said, yeah, do MC <laughs> Hammer and Ice Ice Baby and everything. <laughs> right. And I wasn't too intoxicated. I was under legal limit to not get a DUI and yeah, absolutely drive right, home. Yeah. So you mentioned a. A guy named Bert. Who was that? Um, well, most of my videos and things call him Bert, but his name is Albert Watts. Okay. And he's a friend of yours? He was. Or? He was. Okay. So I thought. And who was all in the apartment or his apartment that you recall? Supposedly, the story is it was me, Albert, and Sean. Mm-hmm. But I've heard from multiple people. That there was multiple people in that apartment that night. And there was a party. There was people at other bars trying to invite other girls to come to a party at his apartment like an hour before my fall. All kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And so, of of course, you don't remember it. But what do your or former friends say happened when you fell out of that window or you were pushed out of the window? Right. Is that what they say? They say I lost my footing when I sit down and I fell out. But multiple people heard arguing and I hit the ground. And one witness states that he heard arguing. He looked up at Sean's window and he watched him push me out of it. But Sean's story is he tried to catch me. 
But Albert will state that nobody was within 10 feet of me. Well, how did you catch me if you wasn't near me? Mm-hmm. And then he said that we, they seen, he said, we seen you falling from the second floor down. Well, if that was the case, you had no time at all to try to even catch me. Oh, no, not at all. Mm-mm. But there's gaps and their story changes. I mean, their stories aren't lining up at all. But they change a lot. They are yeah. semi- pretty similar. But they have differed over the last three years, and Albert wrote a statement of what happened, but Sean did not. And as a result of your fall and the and the investigation that went into it, what did they find out about Sean? What investigation? Uh, what investigation? Yeah, it wasn't. You didn't get much of an investigation, did you? Um, I didn't get an investigation. I feel like all at first I did. I thought people were helping me, especially the detective. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, I've. I feel like he still helped me, even though I've heard his name be mentioned badly mm-hmm. um, a few times, probably like two or three, maybe a little bit more. Man, I ain't even seen it all, and I'm to the point I don't want to read them. Yeah. But I told I come in the bath. My mom was in the bathroom one day. She said, I'm trying to use the bathroom. And I said, I don't care. I got to tell you something. Well, I start telling her all this stuff. She said, you're a conspiracy theorist. I said, I'm telling you. I said, you don't know how many numbers I've called. I said, laying flat on my back or even when I was able to get up, how many people I've went and seen in person, how many places they've sent me repeatedly. And then, oh, well, you need to go here. I've already been there. They told me to come here. Or this person told me to come here. Well, you need to go there. I've already been there, too. Well, call this number. I already called them. Mm -hmm. They're just sending you on a goose chase for information. Code enforcement wouldn't help me. I couldn't even get my police report or my accident report. That's me. Yeah. Um, and what in injuries did you sustain? Um, that night, they had to splint my right arm before they could even put me in the ambulance because it was just flopping around freely. Um, but I done, I broke all of my fingers, all of my toes. I damaged the bone in the lower part of your arm, which you guys can see. I mm-hmm. have a plate from here to here. A bone come out in the middle of my elbow. Um, they had to do extensive surgery to my elbow. I broke the upper part of your bone right below your bicep, which I have a plate there. Bone come out beside of that. Mm. And then all of your upper arm, your bicep and all that, I turned into hamburger meat. Um, I had four skull fractures. I messed up the ocular of my eye, the right side. Um, I had to have plastic surgery to fix that. Um, I broke my back. From pretty much the top of my neck, the middle of my back, and the bottom half of my back. Mm-hmm. But in like the middle to bottom, I have three rods that operate like pistons in your car that go up and down. Mm-hmm. Um, I shattered pretty much my right foot, my left foot. I've got a toe that's pretty much um, a plate in there. The second toe over is a plate. I don't, mm-hmm. if they take it out, my toe won't work or it'll just be floppy or whatever. Yeah. Um, I broke numerous bones and like, um, down the spinal column. I burst mm-hmm. fractured a bone in it. They built it back with concrete. Um, where did you have most of your surgeries? John C. Mickelson. Okay. They had to do those before anything. I laid with my back broke for like two or three weeks and, um, I called the nurse one night and I was like, can you come scoop me up? She said, scoot you up. Yeah. She come in. She said, oh, my God, how did you get untied? I said, I untied myself. 
I said, I'm dealing with a rapist. Um, I don't want to be tied down. Please don't tie me down. No, yeah. She said, well, if you go to sleep, we're going to tie you back down. I said, please don't. I said, where am I going to go? I said, everything's broke. Mm-hmm. I said, am I going to flop in the floor and crawl away? She started giggling. She said, I'm so sorry. That was unprofessional. I said, really? Where am I going? Yeah. I can't army crawl out here or anything. I said, if nothing else, I got one good arm. That's all I got out of my entire body. Yeah. So she tilted me back a little bit, and they left me untied. Well, that's good. I'm glad. You were definitely a survivor. And, and I it's, think, it's a miraculous. That's I think amazing. that's all the, the injuries I had. Oh, and I had I had nasal injuries due to my nose and over, like over into like the right side of my eye. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's kind of like you got to sit there and think. Yeah, go through your entire body and like yeah, picture from like top down. Like, oh, did I get it all? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I missed like all the main part, um, my pelvic region. So from left butt cheek to right butt cheek, all the way to the front. Mm-hmm. I completely burst fractured and damaged a lot of that. Oh. I have five screws that are putting me together down there. Two of them are broke. And I need surgery. And, of course, I have a bad habit of smoking cigarettes. And I've been <laughs> trying to kick that for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Um, my kid kids choose all my candy if I buy some to help with the habit, you know. Keep your yeah. mind busy, your hand, whatever. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think that's all now. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I take that back. <laughs> it's not funny but it's you know I, I it's just, like, i'm just kidding guys I, <laughs> the sternum right here in the middle of your chest they had to remove that because i'm pretty sure i broke out during the fall but if nothing else when they give which i don't know that they give me cpr like that i think they stuck a tube down my throat yeah and did a bag mm-hmm. um so i'm pretty sure i broke that they cut that out i punctured my lung my liver and my kidney did they say that you fell like on your back, your front, your side? Did they did they tell you? I landed on my feet like a cat. Oh, I got nine lives. I'm on the last one. Oh. <laughs> um, they told me they told my mother that if I would have had on any type of different shoes or if I'd have weighed any more or any less, I'd have been dead on impact. Um, I had like wedge high heels on like the the court. Mm-hmm. the cork-like yeah. ones and i swear i think that there was a curse or something on them because girl i just got them things in the mail from amazon <laughs> i i'd had a pair for a while and i wanted another pair i was like oh i'm gonna order these first time i ever wore them they done got cut off of me <laughs> i'd have been sad too yeah mm-hmm. i i was like I was went to one day. I went to put on a bra, and I was like, "Where's my bra?" And Mom's like, "Kayla, they cut all your clothes off of you." I was like, "Oh yeah, I had that bra on." That <laughs> I was like, "So my panties, my fishnet." She said, "All of it, Kayla. High heels, dress. All." I was like, "Man, that was a nice dress." <laughs> She's like, "Yeah, but you was broken. They weren't trying to move you. I get it, yeah. but." Still sad about it. I was yeah, already I mean, in pain. So, you could have yeah. just took the dress off and I could have washed it. Right. Like, it's still, it's still sad. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's probably in evidence, but it ain't going to do me no good if it's cut in half, right? No, right. Um, but. So, when they looked into Sean, the little that they did, they found ammunition, like a ton of ammunition, and that's what he was charged with. Yeah, because they couldn't find the guns. And I don't know about y'all, but I don't, I wouldn't keep ammunition if I didn't have a gun to shoot that ammunition. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, if you read one of those um, 
lawsuits on PACER that are public if you pay for them. Mm -hmm. It states that evidence was carried to the roof. And I told them, well, my mom did, told them to tr to tape that off, et cetera. And that goes with the low cards exchange principle. That's what they should have done. They should have called in a special team. If not, they didn't have it in their department and sealed everything off. Did not allow him or anybody else in or out. That's kind of basic. Well, there's those yeah, that's what taping off a crime scene. Yeah, scenes you shows you see do. I'm, I don't mm -hmm. know. I watch Law and Order and stuff. Girl, I was just watching CSI Miami the other day. Yeah. So <laughs> we, you know, basic knowledge says that you tape off the crime scene. And what's crazy is, is they told my mom that nobody was in that apartment. Well, I seen crime scene photos not long ago of somebody looking down at me. I was still laying there. So mm -hmm. how'd you get in to take a picture of me on the ground from in his apartment? Yeah. And were there people like, I mean, I'm sure there were people on the sidewalk and, and stuff. Oh, Did, there was people everywhere. Yeah. So there were a lot of witnesses that saw you yeah, there fall was, from, um, was, and you fell from the fifth uh -huh. floor. I, yeah. I, w I, w I had a physical therapist come to my house. And she was like, honey, I was at Tipton's that night and I walked out and some dude said, oh, my God, a lady just fell from that window up there. Mm -hmm. And she just brushed it off, said, he's drunk. Well, the next day she found out he wasn't drunk and he might have been, but he seen what he seen. He, he saw he, he saw what he saw. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and a lot of people, I guess, don't want to come forward or anybody that you do know that was a part or in say somebody said they was in that apartment that night if somebody went and talked to them like law enforcement da or anybody they wasn't there they were in downtown but they weren't there mm -hmm. and several people say that there was a party going on. and i there's no video so who's to know other than me sean and the and albert and whoever else may have been in there right and it just for you to lose balance and and fall out of like lose balance that hard mm -hmm. and and because you're a very tiny person so for you to lose balance that hard and just like throw yourself out a window yeah it, the math ain't mathing for well, me with that probably a lot of people don't know this but i've went and sit in that window when it went up for sale the first time mm -hmm. um i might have went through the door because it was unlocked mm -hmm. oh sorry i'm in the wrong place I sit down in that window. Yeah. There's no way. Mm -mm. The way I would have sit, drunk or not, is the same way I sit in that window. And I had at least another four to six inches of window behind me. There's no way. I just lost my footing and mm -hmm. fell out. Yeah. And Sean has been accused of rape of multiple women and children. Um, they found files, correct, of mm -hmm. of women being sexually assaulted. So they are viewing his surveillance camera footage mm -hmm. and anything that they find. They're doing facial recognition to identify these people. And some of these, a majority of them, I, I don't know about all of them because I haven't talked to them. But mm -hmm. a majority of the people I've talked to, like, I know they have evidence. Yeah. So, how did you find out that he escaped? Did someone call you, <laughs> or did you find out on... I found out online. Everybody else got a phone call. I've had, I've had probably 
at least three victims tell me that somebody called them. Well, I'm that's nice. I'm the one that's the loudest of us all, and mm-hmm. nobody called me. I called the DA after I I got tagged on a couple of things on Facebook, and I had my kid at the dentist. Well, then I seen a message pop across my phone. It said, did you see he escaped? I said, you got to be joking, right? And then I went to the tags, and then I seen the escape poster. And I was like, wow. And I called the DA, and he was like, yeah, it is true, Michaela, he escaped out, and I just lost it. Yeah. And he told me he'd have to call me back because he was getting a phone call, and it was very important, and I could only imagine who it might have been. Mm-hmm. But it, it did upset me that nobody cared to call me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean. That people are either looking out on Facebook or whether they're my friends, just a viewer or whatever. And, hey, girl, did you know this? And if not, heads up. Mm-hmm. He'd been out for probably an hour or two. I know. I think longer than that. I think I realized this at 10 or 11 o'clock that morning. Mm-hmm. So, no, it was 10. So, he'd been out at like 7, 8 o'clock that morning. Mm-hmm. I feel like a detective should have called. That's who I feel like the call should have come from. Somebody. Is either the DA or a detective. Because I just feel like that's right and that's what you deserve. Because for you and any other victims, there's going to be a sense of fear. Yeah. Because, I mean, I don't think this man has limits to what he'll do. He don't. He has covered. At first, I thought he did, but I suspected the child pornography. Not that many images, though. But I did not expect the child rape. So, And I was told that there's ladies out here that have male friends that have also been assaulted by him. But I don't know who they are. So, no, he don't have. No. And that's what's scary. About people like that in particular is because they just don't care and they'll do anything. And now he's on the loose and he's been locked up, what, six to eight months, something like that. Mm -hmm. And I I read a comment on WJHL earlier. I was browsing the news. That's another reason why I forgot we had a meeting today. (laughs) Um, I was trying to catch up on everything I've been missing here lately. And I read a comment that said, I'm glad he's uh free or something like that or i'm glad they can't oh they i'm glad they can't find him that's what they said i was like what you not realize somebody else can be a new victim now like that's what i fear for the most or maybe he goes after somebody and does it again but i mean for you as a victim that's speaking out so much i mean that would be scary if i were you just knowing that oh maybe it's pissing him off so he comes back. And I mean, who knows where he is? Yeah. Got something in my pocket. Got something in my glove box. Got something <laughs> in my house. You better go somewhere else. <laughs> It'd be a good day. Period. <laughs> um, and I'm not going to lie. I wouldn't shoot to kill. If the, um, the marshals told me that they have orders to bring him in alive. I'd, I'd just shoot his kneecaps out. And I, hey, you say you can't find him. I found I him. I found him. <laughs> found him. He can't crawl away. Um, but I, I, I don't know if we'll ever find him again. And if we do, I don't know that we'll find him alive. And I just hope whoever don't shoot him to kill him. And whoever finds him I'm not saying like in the public you should do take anything into your own hands, but definitely if you you find him whenever you decide to call the marshals, please. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And they say they call the local police station. No, call the marshals. mm -hmm. Yeah. So when he escaped, they think he used a paperclip. If that was the case, girl, 
we wouldn't have nobody in jail or prison. That's what I'm saying. Like, if it's that easy to get out of a pair of handcuffs, we have a much bigger problem. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Somebody's about to make lots of money in advancing those products, too. That's that's wild to me in that he kicked out a window. And nobody. And nobody heard it or, you know, suspected anything. And that he just left and didn't have any help. And he still hasn't been found. It's just very... Like I said earlier, the math don't math. And it's just not um, adding up to me. That's what I told somebody the other day. Somebody said the math don't add up. I said, no. I said, two plus two is six. Mm -hmm. They said, they just looked at me. I said, I know it's four, but in their their brain, two plus two is six. Mm -hmm. And that man, everybody I've come in contact with that has heard that has told me that they think that is just straight up bull crap, that there is no way. No. That's what we were talking about just yesterday. We were like, there is no way that he used a paperclip, kicked out a window, and nobody heard a thing. Well, my thing of it is, that's like an hour and a half ride. You didn't turn around and check on your prisoner not one time. You didn't stop for gas and check on your prisoner. You didn't have to use bathroom. I mean, like, did, was your radio up too loud? Was you paid off? Uh, did yeah. you bury him somewhere along the way? I mean, what happened? Where did he go? And then somebody posted the other day of somebody in Nashville. No, I'm sorry, Asheville robbing a bank. It, uh, I yeah. swear, everybody thinks it's him. That's what they were talking well, I mean, about in my word. And the, really, like, I haven't and, even yeah. seen that. And the message is so distorted, or the picture is so distorted that not even the police can do facial recognition. That blows my mind, too, that all the technology we have these days, like, you can take a picture of someone's license plate that speeds through a red lot. But CCTV in like businesses and on streets is still so grainy. Like, yeah. Garbage. Yeah. It's garbage. garbage. And we can't, we, we just, we have the technology people. Like, let's, you know, let's use it. And they stated, um, somebody made a, combat, a comment to me that if they did try to do it, it would just make it just even more distorted. I was like, wow, what a great bank system. Mm-hmm. We really want to catch the perpetrators. This is yeah. like a diehard movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you got the cameras from back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is so true. Yeah. And then um, last week, I think somebody told me he was in Morgantown and then a bank gets robbed in Asheville. Mm-hmm. And Asheville is his stomping grounds. Yeah. Chowie is too. Chowie, North Carolina. Yeah. Hmm. He is he from a, North Carolina, or mm-hmm. is he? Okay. He sold a house and all kinds of stuff over there. Interesting. So that's definitely probably a place that he would maybe run to if he yeah. still had. Mm-hmm. Everybody's like, oh, I think he's out of the country. I don't. I think he, if he ain't in North Carolina, he's close. He ain't far. He mm-hmm. goes somewhere familiar. Yeah. Get exactly. Yeah. Where are you going to go that you have no help and nobody can like fork like, your money out? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he wouldn't do that. But he used to live in Florida also, so he has been known to go to Atlanta, Georgia, um, obviously places in Kentucky, mm-hmm. um, South Carolina, mm-hmm. and that might, but yeah, I've had to do background checks or background checks have been put in my mailbox and put that information on it. That you haven't asked for? They just... They're just been randomly put in there, or yeah. Oh, huh. interesting. There's actually one in my car. 
It's been three years yeah. since since it happened. What does life look like for you now? Well, it was starting to get better until he escaped. Um, yeah, I'm sure you were on, you know, trying to get back a resemblance of your normal life. Yeah, well, when I had my left, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just tell myself that I can't really complain because somebody, well, seems like people want to attack me lately, including some of the victims, which that's okay. Um, I'm not who they want to be mad at. I'm, I don't feel I'm doing anything wrong other than getting people to hear this story, to know, to see what he looks like. If you see him near you, maybe you call. Maybe he's sitting in the park with you and your children. Mm-hmm. It's a little cold now, but still. Yeah. Maybe he's sitting on the beach somewhere where it's still warm and you and your children are sitting there, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, his face and, and his name needs to be out there yes. everywhere. Yes. Because he could be anywhere. And I don't understand why he's not made the top 10 most wanted on the fbi or you know what i agree i don't i don't know that's 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 a good point yeah so what like i like i asked what what does your life look like now i mean mean, trying to heal yeah i just heal and take that day by day and i just tell myself not to complain because as that one girl stated she said it was on cedar's page she was like well we all survived no we didn't there's one girl who did not and her family goes through a living nightmare daily because of that and have for three years. Yeah. I fell in September and she passed away in November. If you would have listened to me, I could have maybe saved that girl. Yeah. Um, There was people that were rape victims after me. She passed away. There was rape victims after her. Mm-hmm. Like we could have saved maybe all those people. And this happens more times than, than we can count really of, Nothing being done. And then because of that, there are more victims. There's more heartbreak. And everything that followed is completely preventable. And I just tell myself and remind myself, don't complain. Don't do this or blah, blah, blah. Or speak up for her because she can't. She never will. And her mother will never get to enjoy grandbabies from her. Mm -hmm. Like, my heart breaks for all of them, but especially her. Like, Mm -hmm. it breaks. And now that he's out, like, I just tell myself even more to put myself in their shoes and see, imagine what they're going through. And I just try to be peaceful. Yeah. I'll stay away from negativity. If you want to cause problems, then I'll disappear from there for a little bit. And mm-hmm. most of the time I'll stay at home anyway. So. Right. Yeah. I mean, you've been through all sorts of hell and you have every right to bring as much peace to your life as you can. Mm-hmm. So. You're a survivor, you're strong, and we appreciate you for coming to talk to us. We really do. Um, And for you, you know, being a voice to the voiceless. And, you know, hopefully he is caught very soon. And all of his victims, you know, what he's been accused of, you get justice from that. That's what I've said. I hope you they get some sort of justice, relief, peace, something from it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's definitely, you know, he, he needs to stand trial for for what he's been accused of. And, and so does everybody that took part of yes, what he did. Absolutely. Anybody yeah. that's helped him or, you know, and what, what, facilitated. A lot of people don't think about it like this, but I'm like, what about any of his friends that are in the same thing as he is? Right. Child rape, pornography. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like how many of y'all do the same stuff? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I don't care if like he did drugs with him or whatever, even if you mm-hmm. bought a lot of drugs from him. Like they're not after you. They don't care what you did. They're not going to press charges on you. They want him and anybody that you may know. Let's say you was in there one day and you was doing some stuff and maybe a lawyer or a politician or somebody walked in there to do something or buy something. Maybe you mm-hmm. want to tell that. But a lot of people are scared. And it's, I yes. think, more so from the police than it is of him. But it's both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And they are working to get all of the corruption out of the police department. I know a lot of people that have been replaced and they're still working on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the if if there's corruption, it it usually goes pretty deep and um and then pretty high up too. So takes a while to weed them out. To weed them out. Yeah. And the thing of it is, if they had body cams, a lot of that wouldn't happen because if they mm-hmm. turn that camera off, what'd you do? Why'd you turn that off for? Mm-hmm. But a lot yeah. there's a police. I don't know if they still don't, but I know John City and Kingsport didn't have them at one point. And I think Kingsport does, or majority of one police department does, something like that. Okay. Yeah, that definitely needs to be a thing. I didn't know that they weren't wearing body cams at the mm-hmm. time, or I don't know if that ever, if that was like really a... That's why he's got away with so much stuff over the years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has gone away. Yeah, he's gone, he's gone, he's gone away with so much. It is with unreal so much. how much mm-hmm. that just gets dug up all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You read something new all the time. It's yeah. crazy. You do. Like, yeah. And that's why I say earlier, like, I just don't think that this man has limits to what he No. And people no. like that who have no reason behind what they're doing, even if it's a stupid personal reason, he has none. And they just want more and more and they just take more and more and escalate. So that's what's so horrifying about him being out is now on top of he had no reason to begin with. Now he does, and it's to stay free and to survive. Mm-hmm. So what will he do? Mm-hmm. That's poor. And a lot of times, you know, like you said a second ago, the escalation. Mm-hmm. They esc like people who who commit these crimes. They escalate to the point where I mean, people yeah. people lose their lives, mm-hmm. and it's scary. Yeah, you have anything else you want to say? Um, I'm sorry to all his victims or to be honest with you, any victims. Um, I hope everybody in the world that is a victim gets justice in some sort of way and can find peace to live with it. Because like I've told people numerous times, the only time I get peace from my nightmares is when I'm asleep. Yeah. You want to tell about like the Facebook page? You have uh, a Facebook page, don't yeah. you? Um, I have more people on my Facebook page, but, um. Which your, um, profile picture is a paperclip. Yeah, and I just I'm tell, I was tell, I was telling Katie this yesterday. I was like, that is so like I love it. I love it. It's savage. It's it. It makes a point. Like, girl, I had somebody do me a two D two three D paper clips. One's about the size of your hand. The other one's about the size of your arm. <laughs> That's funny. Um, but you but, got a Facebook page, right? Yeah, and yeah. It's speak up, speak out. And then my personal page, Michaela Evans, which I do also run the group a lot of advocacy um, yeah are yeah. you um sean let's see here do you know sean williams are you a victim but i do like any type of advocacy if you need help getting out of say domestic violence sexual assault pretty much anything I, if i can't help you then i'll get you in the right direction of people that can mm-hmm. there are lots and lots of women that have bonded together here lately to help me i did go to a summit 
I think last week I can't keep up with time no more. <laughs> um, and it was for domestic violence and sexual assault. And there was a lot of um, advocates there, police officers, detectives, all kinds of different things. So That's great. Yeah. I'm glad stuff like that exists. Well, thank you so much. We appreciate it. Well, thank you for um, having me. Yes. Of course. After Michaela's fall from Sean's apartment, a quote-unquote medical investigation took place. During that investigation is what led police to find the ammunition in a Liberty safe. Sean was a felon, and so him having that ammunition was a crime. Mm -hmm. This is when things get even messier. And the next part that I'm going to talk about, a lot of my information comes from a lawsuit that Special Assistant U.S. Attorney Kat Dahl made against the Johnson City Police Chief Carl Turner and the city itself. Mm -hmm. The suit is basically an unlawful termination suit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will get into the, the details of that. Right. But just know that a lot of my information is coming from WJHL and the suit itself. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you want to look at the details yourself, I'm going to put all of the links to my sources in the episode notes, but I highly recommend everyone research this yourself mm-hmm. look at the information yourself also just for reference the suit uses robert Vaux in place of sean's real name mm-hmm. at the time they had not released sean's name right yes and michaela was known as jane doe one mm-hmm. so they want to get sean for these ammunition charges this is when johnson city police department detective thomas sparks involved special assistant u.s attorney cat doll her purpose was to help bring a felon in possession of ammunition charge against Sean. Usually, federal attorneys don't get into those sort of cases because unless you have a compelling reason, those convictions or even pleaded deals usually have like a minimal prison time under the federal sentencing guidelines. Mm-hmm. But the Johnson City Police Department did have a compelling reason. And that reason was that Sean was under investigation for Michaela's fall. Mm-hmm. During her investigation, Attorney Dahl learned about rampant rumors among the community and law enforcement that Sean Williams was a sexual predator who had committed multiple rapes. She also heard rumors of him being a drug dealer. So while Kat Dahl was all for getting Sean on the ammunition charge... She also wanted to build a bigger and broader case due to the substantial evidence of sexual assault. Mm -hmm. At this point, Dahl starts looking into JCPD's work on Sean Williams' case, and she soon begins to realize that it's not very extensive. Apparently, JCPD did not get a search warrant for his downtown garage where he was known to be a lot. She also learned that when they searched Williams' apartment that September after Michaela fell, They photographed a handwritten note with the word raped written on top of a list of 23 women's names. Mm -hmm. Dahl decides to speak to her supervisor, Wayne Taylor, and he decides to involve the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation. In this time, another victim comes forward, who they name in the suit as Jane Doe II, and she alleged that Sean had raped her. Also during this time, Chief Turner finds out that there had been a meeting set up with the TBI. And he was very angry about this because it was done under his nose without him knowing. Mm -hmm. And no one asked his permission. Right. Essentially is why he was upset. So, yeah, he's pissed. He then meets with Attorney Dahl that same day. 
and she expresses concern that there may be additional rape or sexual assault victims who might come forward. Mm -hmm. The suit alleges that Turner begins to cast doubt on some of the potential evidence, even including the handwritten list that was recovered from Sean's apartment. Mm -hmm. He also cast doubt on Michaela's story and the credibility of Jane Doe, too. In the suit, Turner is quoted to have said, I don't know if that's girls he's raped or girls he's had consensual sex with and calls it whatever he calls it. All I know is there's a piece of paper with some first names on it. No. I know. Yeah. No. No. That's, that's what Nobody I Nobody just calls sex that. No. Um, I, I've, I've never heard anyone say that. No. I mean, it was, it was worth looking into. You, yeah. you, see, you see those names and you see the word raped above and them. Like, I what? Just, I don't think anyone just calls sex yeah, raping. No. no. Like, no. Attorney Dahl pressed on, though, and still wanting to build a case, Turner wasn't the only one that doubted the credibility of the alleged victims. The suit claims another investigator told Dahl, In my 20 years on the force, I've only encountered one real rape. What the fuck? Yeah, that's really hard for me to believe, but okay. 20 years. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is why women and men, all sexual assault victims, usually don't report. This is why reporting of rape is so low, because they are not believed and people say stupid shit like this. Who is this guy? What was his name? It doesn't say. It doesn't say what his name was. Who said this. And then another investigator said that when talking about Michaela, you can see her on the security footage and she's dressed like a real, well, I won't say it. So, Johnson City PD can literally suck my ass. Yeah. So, we're we're blaming what a woman wears. Right. Like, that's textbook bullshit. That's textbook victim blaming. hmm And so, when people say women are blamed for what they wear... That ain't just spewing bullshit. That yeah. happens all the time. I don't care what Michaela was wearing or any of the victims. That doesn't matter. No. Rape was happening when women were wearing petticoats. Yeah. It does not matter. I get so heated. I, <laughs> I get I just, so heated. To, to these, these people, I say, if you have a daughter, statistically, some sort of sexual assault will probably happen to her. Yeah. Well, And then what? And then what are you going to say? Yeah. Well, and this is like, I find this very true. Like, there's not a woman that I know that hasn't had to defend themselves against unwanted attention, who hasn't been sexually assaulted, raped, what have you. We've all, I feel like women in general, we've all dealt with something. Mm-hmm. You know? That's what I'm saying. These people that are, whoever these people are that say this, I'm like, if you have a daughter, statistically, she will probably be assaulted at some point in some sort of way. Mm-hmm. And then are you going to look... Whether it's just a cat call, you know? Right. Like, it's... it's. Are you going to look at your daughter and say, well, you shouldn't have worn that? I'm yeah. like, think of it that way. Would you I say know. this to your own fucking child? Would uh-huh. you say this about your own fucking child or your wife or your mother? So, there's a lot of tension between Cat Doll and JCPD. Mm-hmm. Some of that comes from the fact that Doll was there to prosecute on 
ammunition charges. Mm -hmm. And so then she starts investigating sexual assault allegations. And that was a problem because investigating the rape allegations was outside of her scope. Her job was the ammunition charges. Right. But then she was contacted by a third victim whom the suit names as Jane Doe 3. Jane Doe 3 was interviewed on December 15th, 2020 with Dahl and her predecessor, Tom McCauley. Jane 3 alleges that Sean had raped her on June 2nd, 2020. Jane Doe 3 states that she woke up in Sean's condo and found that she had been sexually assaulted. She fled the condo shoeless and when she got down to the lobby, she encountered JCPD officers. She was in an extreme distress and screaming as she recounted what happened upstairs. The suit says officers drove the woman to her parents' house, but declined to help her seek medical attention or to get her a rape kit done. They also didn't make a full report or follow up with Jane Doe 3. It also says officers declined to get a statement from Sean. Oddly enough, hours after that meeting with Jane Doe 3, Wayne Taylor got a call about Dahl's job performance. Chief Turner complained that Dahl was not communicating enough with JCPD officers. And so then Dahl decides she's going to ask some of the officers she, she works with herself. And she got no complaints. Mm -hmm. The suit alleges that Chief Turner's actions was an active retaliation for her investigation into Sean. I would agree. Despite this, Dahl was able to identify another victim. And at this point, she started to piece together Sean's M.O. and how he conducted his assaults. From victim statements, Dahl was able to piece together that Sean would meet young women and invite them to come to his condo, often after he bought them an alcoholic drink mm -hmm. or had given them cocaine. The suit also says that a young male associate of Sean's, who in some sources say is Alvaro Fernando Diaz Vargas, he would sometimes help Sean in meeting these young women. The women would pass out at Sean's condo and later awaken to find that Sean had sexually assaulted them. The suit says that from December 2020 through May 2021, Dahl continued to build a case against Sean and tried to learn more about the alleged sexual assaults. Dahl also continued to be more concerned and confused by JCPD's failure to investigate him and also like the un just the delayed producing of requested documents to Dahl. Mm -hmm. The suit says that eventually Dahl decided to pursue a felon in possession of ammunition charge against Sean. But even then, investigators failed to produce a certified copy of Sean's felony conviction which she had to obtain through other means. According to the suit, a warrant was obtained on April 13th, 2021. Dahl had asked JCPD Special Investigations Unit and Detective Thomas Sparks himself to arrest Sean approximately 30 times over the course of three weeks. And she was ignored or given excuses each time. Eventually, on May 4th, the suit says... Dahl demanded in a conversation with Detective Sparks and another officer that someone within JCPD make the arrest immediately. As she should. Yeah, that's ridiculous. That is beyond. Mm -hmm. That is beyond? Yeah. Mm -mm. Two days later, JCPD Lieutenant Don Shepard left a voicemail describing the visit 
of three officers to Sean's apartment. The voicemail said the officers described as John Doe 1, 2, and 3 had gone to Sean's condo the night of May 5th and told him and others inside that they had a warrant for Sean. The suit says that this was improper because the target of an arrest warrant should not be notified when his or her indictment is under seal. The suit claims that the officers failed in their duties by leaving without attempting to arrest Sean, even after he refused to come out of his residence. This gave Sean an opportunity to flee, and flee he did. Mm -hmm. He left Mm -hmm. his apartment on May 6th and became a fugitive from justice. According to the suit, there were social media posts by Sean and others that provided clues to his whereabouts, yet he still remained a fugitive. And so that brought us to his arrest in North Carolina. So he fled his apartment May 6th and then wasn't found again until he was arrested on the drug charges in North Carolina. Hmm. Yeah. Good. Glad they're just letting someone like that just run around. Yeah. They were like, you know what? We got so much other shit going on. COVID. And they're like, yeah, we can just run around. Mm -hmm. It's fine. It's fine. After his arrest in North Carolina, Sean was brought back to Tennessee because of the ammunition charges. Right. So he was brought to Washington County Detention Center in Jonesboro. And there in July, just this past July, Sean attempted to escape. Mm-hmm. I remember that being in the news. Yes, he attempted to escape. So then he was taken to Kentucky. He was taken to London, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And that's where he stayed. We're going to go back to the suit. Okay. Okay. So this is before Sean was arrested in North Carolina. So he's a fugitive. Sean is a fugitive at this point. Okay. Okay. And during this, you know, despite Sean not being arrested, Dahl continued to pursue the case on her own initiative and really outside of her chain of command. Mm -hmm. The suit says that she made a report to an FBI agent on May 11th expressing concerns about JCPD's handling of the case. Damn. Yeah. She didn't went and got the FUBA. (laughs) What? (laughs) She done went and got the FUBA. Okay, I picked that up from um, Morbid. That's what they call the FBI, the FUBA. And I have done that since I started listening to them. I'm like, they went and got the FUBA. Oh, yeah, I recall that now. They, uh, yeah, that's like when you got in trouble and then instead of your mom handling it, she called your dad. That's no. what that's what she did. She just, she don't went and got dad. You know what's so funny though? <laughs> this little table this for a second because growing up, it was always I'm gonna go get your mama. Like I was a daddy's girl and I hardly ever got in trouble with my dad. But when he said I'm gonna get your mama, that that's like the FBI for me. So then she also began quietly investigating Sean herself. And on June 14th, 2021, she interviewed another alleged victim who in the suit is called Jane Doe 5. Jane Doe 5 mirrored the other's stories, Mm -hmm. according to the suit. The suit also states that while Dahl's investigation of Sean's alleged sexual assaults were outside of her scope, it was still consistent with all of the laws and policies. Mm -hmm. So she didn't break any laws while investigating Sean. Right. According to the suit, Chief Turner had told Dahl that her job with JCPD would be renewed for another year, But on June 25th, 2021, he told her that her job would be terminated as of July 1st, less than a week later. 
Her supervisor, Wayne Taylor, managed to get Turner to extend it to July 31st so that Dahl could have time to transfer pending cases to other prosecutors. Mm -hmm. July 31st, before Dahl's last day, she was contacted by a woman who the suit calls Jane Doe 6. And she had told Dahl that she had been raped by Sean in January of 2021. In the same month, Dahl learned of Jane Doe 7, who had died on November 10th, 2020, in a car crash after being seen with Sean. Now, Jane Doe 7 is who Michaela was referencing in her interview, where she was saying how not every one survived Mm -hmm. that's who she's referencing when she says not not all of his victims survived right doll spoke with jane doe seven's family and she learned that one of her sisters had told jcpd officers about her suspicions of sean and that he may have sexually assaulted or drugged her sister apparently jane called her sister in extreme emotional distress before attempting to drive home which was against her sister's advice Mm mm-hmm Both Jane Doe Seven's sisters spoke with Dahl, and one even told her that JCPD told her that Johnson City lacked jurisdiction because the death occurred in Elizabethton. The suit also states that one sister told Dahl she confronted Sean, and he admitted to taking Jane Doe Seven back to his condo after she had become disoriented while drinking with her sister's boyfriend and friends at a downtown brewery. The suit also states that Dahl contacted a Tennessee Alcoholic Bureau of Control investigator who confirmed that they had contacted JCPD concerning Jane Doe 7's case and received no cooperation or follow-up. I don't even have words. It's, it's definitely like, it's a lot of sus and a lot of like, the math doesn't math. It, it's a lot of just... When I said this is a roller coaster, it's a roller coaster. And there's so much information. There's just so much going on right now mm-hmm. with this case. It's wild. Mm-hmm. The suit calls Dahl a lawful whistleblower who suffered unlawful termination as retaliation for engaging in repeated communications and activities in her role as a special assistant U.S. attorney and as a private citizen. Mm-hmm. The suit says that Dahl was expressing her First Amendment rights during her investigation. It also says she lost meaningful paid employment from her sudden termination and that it has tarnished her reputation within the Tennessee Eastern District. Drop my period. Yeah. And that it's created an adverse inference to future legal employers about her performance as an attorney. Suit also states that Turner's conduct in terminating her was maliciously and recklessly indifferent to Dahl's First Amendment right to speak about JCPD's intentional or reckless failures to investigate and see Sean. Agreed. Right. The suit alleges one count of First Amendment retaliation against Turner and another count of procedurally violating Dahl's right to due process by the short notice and unilateral termination that gave her no right to contest her termination or request a name-clearing hearing. Mm-hmm. Turner is also accused of violating Dahl's due process rights by terminating her as a whistleblower. That termination, the suit claims, was part of a conspiracy to protect a felon credibly accused of dozens of rapes from an investigation. And I basically took that right off of WJHL and the suit because it's just, there's just so much. In the wake of Dahl's lawsuit, nine women have filed a lawsuit against the city 
the Johnson City Police Chief retired and the city hired an outside auditor to review the police department's policies and procedures for sexual assault investigations. The report that was released in July found the department met neither legal requirements nor industry standards. Hmm. So the trial for the lawsuit um, begins next year. The final pre-trial conference happens April 30th, 2024. And on April 14th, 2024, jury trial is scheduled to begin at 9 a.m., in courtroom 3C of Knoxville's Howard H. Baker Jr. U.S. Courthouse. Mm -hmm. So, I know I have given so much information, and your head is probably spinning, and you you don't know which way is up. Mm -hmm. And I get it, because I am too. I am so all over the place. I don't know which way is up. I don't know what to think. Mm -hmm. I'm confused, okay? So, I'm just going to kind of go over the main points again, Okay. April 29, 2023, Sean was arrested on drug charges in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. He was transferred to Washington County Detention Facility in Jonesboro, Tennessee, because the ammunition charges took precedence over the drug charges, mm-hmm. because the ammunition charges were federal. Mm-hmm. He tried to escape in July and was taken to a facility in London, Kentucky. In September, Sean was indicted in Washington County on multiple counts of child rape sexual battery, and sexual exploitation of a minor. Okay. But like I stated in the episode earlier, Sean is a wanted man. And like we talked about with Michaela earlier, Sean escaped custody while in a transport vehicle on October 18th of this year. Mm -hmm. He was scheduled to appear in U.S. District Court in Greenville. Court records show that it was not until the transport van arrived to the Greenville Courthouse at approximately 8.30 that morning that the detention deputy went to the back of the van and saw that the back window had been kicked out. Williams had been handcuffed and shackled. So how was he able to pull this off? Well, Laurel County Jailer Jamie Mosley posted on Facebook that, quote, During travel, it appears that the inmate was able to utilize a component of the van's headrest to free himself, from his hand restraints and then pry the protective screening and force the side of the rear of the transport vehicle. He then exited the vehicle from the window area. He was spotted moments later covered with blood in the Davis Street area of Greenville. I also want to point out that just like we talked about in the interview with Michaela, it is also rumored that he used a paperclip to get out of his restraints. Mm -hmm. Whatever the case may be, Whatever he used, it's a big fucking problem that he was able to do this. I don't I don't understand how he was able to do this. I don't this. understand how he was able to do it and quietly enough where Like how are you able to just kick a window out and it not set any alarms off? You know, like how are you able to do that? And even more oddly enough, the cameras inside the van were not working. Mm-hmm. that day so that's very just convenient for me that's just too convenient for uh, me. yeah there's something very fishy going on and i don't know who's at fault i don't know if it's just a system-wide failure but it is obvious to me that we are not safe mm-hmm. there's a wanted fugitive on the loose and he was able whether he had help or not which i mean how do you disappear out of a van 
and not have help. And they were in the van, correct? And they were in the van. My like, thing is, like, how did you, in the front seat, there were two of them, correct? It only names one, but I would assume there were two. Usually you travel in, in, in pairs, I would think. But, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't know. It's still, how did you not hear that happening? Like, how did he get out of the van? If it's a moving... How do you get out of the van? I mean, I guess no wonder he was bloody because he probably would have had, you know, broken glass and things like that. But like, how do you not hear or feel anything like because he didn't just quietly bust out the window like there's there was no way to make no. that a silent act. No. I mean, there would have been. And and I don't know, like for me, if it was just one officer with him, why would you do that? He's tried to escape before. Yeah, I know. I don't understand. That's why I guess that's why I There should have been there should have been someone two. back there with him. For, most likely, yes, there should have been someone back there with him. I mean, I feel like that should have been just for a certain level of criminal that should just kind of be like protocol. Yeah. And he's just one of those because mm-hmm. like I said in the interview with Michaela, this man did all of these things out of pure enjoyment. Okay? He likes this stuff. Yeah. He likes hurting people. What is he willing to do to stay free now that he's out? And like, it's just like you said, I'm not going to divulge into two personal opinions because I ain't trying to have one of these motherfuckers come after me. But right. Like I said in the beginning of the episode, everyone's innocent until proven guilty. But he is a fugitive. (laughs) Like he did escape. Right. Those those are, you know, and. And I just don't know how he did that without help. How did he do this without any help? It makes no sense to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm not accusing anybody. No, but... But it's just, I don't understand it. No. And neither does David Jolie. U.S. I think I said his... It's either Jolly or Jolie. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> U.S. Marshal for Eastern District of Tennessee says that the how of it remains under investigation how he is quoted in saying how he was able to escape undetected by transport officers we certainly have many questions of our own unquote so yeah i mean i'm sure everyone's just scratching their head like how the hell did this happen and that was what october 20th correct that he escaped october 18th 18th okay yeah like just a few just a couple weeks ago you know just a few weeks ago he almost a month and he's still and he's still out there and i i just don't i don't understand and it grinds my gears <laughs> mm-hmm. that this was a, this was able to happen i mean let's forget about him getting out of the van for a second just how he was able to get out of his restraints i mean what is this like he was able to use a part of a headrest or a paperclip whatever he used mm-hmm. excuse the fuck out of me we got a big issue. We got with a her. big problem here, people. We have a huge problem. Like this needs to be rectified quickly. Yeah. Like I don't understand. <laughs> if I could just have a piece of metal or something in the back of a cop car with me, and then that means for me I can just get out. I mean, we should we should check our shit. Like it's yeah, like, it's 2023. Okay. We have the technology. Like why? yeah, we do. <laughs> We, we we do. Like, why is this a problem? Why why did this happen? Like, it's just, I, I keep saying that, but 
it blows my mind. Mm-hmm. I was reading this and like my blood pressure, I could feel my face getting red because my blood pressure was going up. Mm-hmm. Like, And he's just out. He attempted to escape once before. All measures of security should have been taken he with him. He should quite literally never be alone. No. Ever. He should have never been left alone at any point. Blows my mind. Mm-hmm. It blows my mind. I think, you know, when when the suit, that the, the doll suit, when that comes to fruition next year, I will be very interested to see what is uncovered. I mean, there's a good chance Johnson City PD is getting ready to have their shit just blown up and put on blast. Yeah. Here's my thing. The system fails victims every day, every day, in so many ways. Mm-hmm. And I know there are people within the system who try every day to make that better. Mm-hmm. But we have got to root this bullshit. We got to, we got to, we got to root it out and get rid of it because this, this is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And it makes me feel extremely unsafe, just in general. Yeah. Um, as as a woman, but also as a mother. Like I, I know I have two. You know I have two boys, and it makes me extremely just worrisome. Like it wor- it worries the shit out of me. There 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 was multiple failures. I think like just from what we read from the suit, and and like I said, that hasn't went to trial yet. Mm-hmm. We don't know all the information. They have John, John City PD. They have. You know, they need their opportunity to defend their side, to plead their case, and they will get that opportunity. And I'm very interested to hear their side. Mm -hmm. But it's still just Just right now as as what the information we have right now, it just it leaves everyone feeling very unsafe. Yeah, very much so. Mm -hmm. So um, on that note, the U.S. Marshals Service is offering up five thousand dollars. And the TBI is offering up twenty five hundred for information leading to Williams' arrest. Tipsters can contact the U.S. Marshals at USMS eight four dot tips at USDOJ dot gov or at four two three six three eight three three nine one or eight six five eight two four three eight zero one. Or you can contact the TBI at 1-800-TBI-FIND or email the TBI at tips to TBI at tbi.tn.gov. And we will have that information in the show notes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's this is a doozy of a case. Like I said, um, I don't quite understand it all myself, but I tried to give the facts as I could understand them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, next year... Around April or May, we will definitely be watching this closely. Mm-hmm. Um, and hope, I hope to by then God he is found. found. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this he's he's dangerous. The the TBI and and the U.S. Marshals consider him to be dangerous. Mm-hmm. So to be a dangerous fugitive. So everyone in this area, because they don't know if he's out of this area or not. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he could be in, in my shed right now. I mean, he could be. Right. You know, like he, he could be anywhere. He could be anywhere. He could be, he could still be in Greenville. So everyone just needs to be diligent and be on the lookout. We're going to post, obviously we're going to post his picture, but everyone just be diligent and, and be safe and keep your eyes peeled. Mm-hmm. 
And if you think you see something, it never say hurts something. to call. It say never something. hurts to call. No. See something, say something. Mm-hmm. If you're wrong, then you were wrong. Yeah. And it's no harm, no harm, no foul. Nope. But yeah, see something, say something. Okay, guys. Well, that's the episode. <laughs> Be careful out there. Yes. <laughs> you never know. Yeah. Okay, bye. 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 <laughs> <laughs> We'd like to thank Mikey Kinley for audio and editing and our friend Avalyn Yuleberry for our cover art. Make sure to like and follow us on social media on Facebook and Instagram. Our Instagram is M3Podcast, and you can find us on Facebook under the name of our podcast, which is Murder, Mayhem, and Merlot.